For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with Gian Solano and Andy Mattioli. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Roma Press Podcast. We hope you are doing very, very well. Very quickly, a big welcome and a thank you to our two newest patrons over at Patreon, Lucas Simmons and Shadia Vashish. Thank you both for your support a whole lot. And of course, thank you to the support of all of our other wonderful patrons over at Patreon. If you want to gain early access to episodes, extra episodes as well, uh, which includes immediate post-match reactions, you can go to patreon.com slash Press to sign up, which also grants you and gives you access to our WhatsApp group, who I blame for, well, not, I shouldn't say blame. They taught me another valuable lesson because Andy, before the match yesterday, I was confident. I felt good. I was positive. Mm -hmm. I thought Roma would roll. I have to be honest, I thought I thought they would win two or three to zero. Shame on me. Lesson learned. That will never happen again. I, I, that was about as rough and as... I, I don't know if terrible is maybe hyperbole, but it was bad. As to how bad we can debate that, but that was a, a rough performance from just about every aspect. Um, I thought defensively, believe it or not, they weren't that bad. I thought the midfield, they just, just bypassed it. It was almost as if there was no midfield. Correct. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, I, you know, it's a, it, it's a game where, you know, it, it's funny. You listen to the post-match interviews and um, a lot is, is said about fatigue. A lot is said about the conference league. Uh, so Mourinho says uh, that during the warm-up session, he, he saw that some of the players um, showed already then fatigue and, and uh, clear lack of concentration. Um, and then Pellegrini goes on to say that, well, they never perform well after the Conference League midweek fixture. Um, when Roma say it, it's... When this Roma said, it's not an excuse, in my opinion. I think it's a reason. It's a real reason. This Roma team, um, and I think a lot of Roma teams in the past, when they say that they're tired or when they say, oh, we do not, we do not play well after a midweek fixture, it means that they're just not up to that, that they're still struggling with it. And it's not an excuse. It's a fact. And we could see it yesterday. We could also see that Roma, uh, maybe they could deny it. Pellegrini tried to sort of steer clear from, from that, from that answer, but they were conditioned by the fact that Pellegrini and Zagnolo uh, were one yellow card away from suspension before the derby. Uh, so they can continue to say that we're only thinking of, of the game at hand, but 
Yesterday, it was pretty evident that both players were already thinking, geez, I don't want to miss the derby, especially Pellegrini, who missed it last time around. Because there were some times where Udinese would just run through our midfield. And you could you can even see, I think, in some of the highlights from yesterday, uh, Zaniolo completely disengages himself from the action, stops tracking the opponent. Pellegrini, the same thing, doesn't, doesn't go for an extra tackle, uh, doesn't uh, fight too much for the ball. So the whole team basically moved a bit like that, like, like, like the two of them. You know, the team acted very hesitant. Um, they were, they, they had possession. They, I, th- I thought they had a pretty good second half to the game where they uh, clearly had a different type of energy and uh, a, diff- a different type of game plan. Um, but all in all, it's, yeah, it's, it, it was a game where we could see that one team was full of energy. The other one was really tired. Um, and perhaps as Mourinho said, uh, the lacked concentration, lacked focus. Maybe they, they like Roma like to get ahead of themselves and they're a team that cannot do it. Other teams, maybe they can, but Roma can't. Um, at least this Roma cannot do it because they just don't have the necessary firepower to, to overcome. Uh, these moments where your mind is already wandering to the big game on Sunday in a week's time, but here you are, you're at Dutch Arena, you're in Friuli, and you're playing Udinese. Not exactly a thrill of a lifetime, but still a game to win. And Roma, when they're not fully in it, they're not fully in it. And, and, yeah. and, and it's pretty evident. It becomes really clear to the viewer uh, I'm sure that to Mourinho, it's even more evident, but to the viewer, you see a, a team like that play the way they did uh, against Atalanta. Um, or even last time around, remember, we said it on the on the podcast before this one, that we hope it's not going to be the same movie all over again after they beat Atalanta and then they go on to have a really disappointing game, really ugly display against Sampdoria. Well, there we go because it takes a lot of effort to keep that same energy running. And, uh, and Roma, once they commit to one game, they will, they're hardly going to commit to the same extent in the game after that. Yeah, for sure. Ironically, they basically did the opposite of everything we praised them for in the previous episodes, which I do have to agree with you to a certain extent about this fatigue thing, about it being true. And because we like to point to it, particularly uh, some of the bigger outlets, they always like to talk about Roma, you know, there's no room for alibis and all of this other stuff. And I do think that plays a part, but, but kind of to add to what you just said there, I forget who said it. It was Mourinho, was it not? Where in the uh, in the post match, he was basically saying, for some reason, we seem to just pick and choose which matches where we deliver uh, right. total too focus. Many, too, yeah, yeah. Commitment. Too many ups and downs. Yeah, yeah too many ups too, and downs. Too much focus, concentration, commitment, and, and the thing too about it, Andy, is 
and this is more indicative of uh, Roma, and it just goes to show you there's something in the water. Uh, the the more things change, the more they stay the same, I guess, so to speak. This is this is one of those aspects where you can just you know it right away from Roma, whether they're in, whether they're totally their heads in it or not. You can just tell. It's like those moments where you know they're having a meltdown. Uh, you feel it, you sense it. And it's one of those things. You just know it when you see it. And I have to say that was really the sense I got for 70-ish minutes I would say yesterday, I thought really the final 15 minutes were the only moments where I really saw a very high level of concentration and output on their part. And I guess the thing that is striking to me is we're midway through March. And just one week ago, we hear Jose Mourinho talk about, oh, well, I'm pleased with my bench. I'm happy with the bench now. We have more options. And then you see a performance like that, and it's almost like you're going back and forth. I don't know what the hell to believe. Uh, you know, like they bring on who who came off the bench yesterday. Uh, yesterday we had we had uh, El Shirawi, El Shirawi, yeah, Shamuradov, who I thought was mm-hmm. uh, I thought he was actually pretty lively in yeah. terms yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. delivering a spark. I mean, I, I thought he, he gets brought a penalty. Yeah, yeah, correct. He, I thought he brought something new, whereas El Shadawi, man, I, I don't know but, what but happened that. in China. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah, know I'm... what happened, but it's <laughs> no, but, it's bad. But, well, the, El Shadawi's last year in Roma was an anomaly. Like the, the year, the year, the 2018, the season 2018, 2019, where he was sort of our leader, El Shirawi, in a team that was really going no place, that says a lot. It was an anomaly, I think, because uh, El Shirawi has been far from consistent. But I think that's the that's the point where you say you can't understand this team. That's the point of this team. It's it's sort of a middle in the road. You don't you 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 can't really get a feeling for this team. You you can't really tell when they're really gonna go, go on a roll, when not. And so today, you know. There is there are two sides to this. Uh, Mourinho is is satisfied because he knows the team's team's limits, so he's satisfied that they managed to get a point from yesterday, and he's satisfied with the idea. Oh, eight eight games unbeaten, that's good. But notice how, how the narrative changed among the fans and the media yesterday. Yesterday, that that draw left to some uh, a bad taste. Right, it seemed like oh, it's on. It, we shouldn't have, we shouldn't have leveled it, and uh, and and all of a sudden the narrative of we are unbeaten collapses for some. Like uh, yesterday was 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 the game that really did it, and now we're back uh, off the hype train, and we're back to criticizing the team. But that's the point with this team. You can't tell what they're going to be up to uh, three days from now on Thursday or whatever, maybe on the Derby. How, we don't know. Are they going to come out swinging? Are they going to come out focused, sharp? Are they going to come out like last time around where within the f- first 15 minutes the game was over? That's the, that, if, if there is an area of concern, 
It's not that, oh, the midfield gets overrun or oh, the attack is not producing or we have few goals from open play, blah, blah, blah. No, the, 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 maybe the area of concern is this, is the fact that you can't really tell what you can expect from this team uh, because, because this team is not good enough, as we've said many times, to, to just play half-assed football and then hope to get a result. Yesterday was really a once-in-a-lifetime thing that they, they play that badly and still manage at the end to get really lucky and get an episode in their favor. You know, that's it doesn't happen very often to this team. And this team is not capable of reproducing that time and time again and, 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 and be able to, to, to compete with other teams playing the way that way. Whereas perhaps Juventus can do it, Roma cannot. They don't have the necessary personnel. They don't have it in them. Men- mentally, physically, they just don't have it. So the, the, the concern with this team is what can we expect from them? Because you'll go from talking on one episode about winning the, the conference league, potentially, you know, and uh, to the next one where we don't really know whether we're going to make it through the derby or not. And, uh, and I think that's, you know, that's the, the, that's the problem. And for Mourinho, that's certainly a problem because, because he, um, you know, he can say now all the nice things he says, but he can't really, you think about it, he cannot really expect to count on several players. He doesn't know what he's going to get from Sergio Oliveira. He just as he doesn't know what he's going to get from, uh, from Zaniolo. He's, he doesn't know what he's going to get from Mancini. He doesn't know what he's going to get from Zaleski. The only one he can hope to have something consistent is Smalling, Rui Patricio, and Mkhitaryan. And yes, he said, I miss Mkhitaryan a lot yesterday, right? So uh, that, the fact that he himself cannot, doesn't know whether he can count on the majority of his starting 11 is a problem, not only for us as fans who watch this team struggle, but, but, but for a manager who has to go out there and, and expect to get some, some decent results, given the, 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 you know, the opposition is not slowing down, that's problematic. And, and, and it has been the theme of this season. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I really didn't know what to make of it because it, there does have to be something said. And it, on one hand, you want to criticize them because, again, the performance was not good. But to what extent? Again, I don't know. But, but I feel like we, we, we have to at least acknowledge because this seemed like the umpteenth time this season where they uh, they earn a result at the death and i think there is something to be said for that because i mean in previous seasons under paulo fonseca under eusebio di francesco i mean it was done and dusted regardless of how many goals they were down by i never had the sense that roma would continue to push continue to fight continue to give the same level of intensity and effort, or at least, let me reword that, give an output that shows they're at least trying to fight back and claw back for a result. So if I'm, if I'm trying to 
look through the glass being half full perspective from yesterday, we at least have to acknowledge, yeah, that, okay, they may be down by a goal. They may be losing. But I at least know they are going to keep fighting until the end. Now, will they be successful in doing doing so? I don't know. Will it be pretty uh, when they're doing it? Probably not. But I don't have that sense at least. Let me just put it more simply. I at least have a reason, okay? Unless they're down by like three or four, obviously. I at least have a reason now to tune in for all 90 minutes. Whereas, uh, you know, under Eusebio Di Francesco, if they're down by one against Sampdoria, I'm turning off the television and and I'm going to uh, go purchase another bottle of Sangiovese. So at least I know that there is, (laughs) no matter how remote, that it's at least a possibility. I don't know about you. I think something, at least from a mentality standpoint, something has to be said for that because the the, the crap we've seen for the last mm-hmm. three years that mm-hmm. cannot have been said consistently about those previous seasons. Right. Yeah. And that's what, that's why yesterday Mourinho was satisfied. It is a step in the right direction. You are, you are there. You're still in it. Uh, you go down against Dallas Verona to, to nothing against Sassuolo. You, 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 you struggle and you still have a chance. And, 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 and so it is definitely a step in the right direction. The fact that you, as a viewer, even as, as their coach or as a player off the bench, you can still say, you know what, we've done it. We can still do it again. And, and once you get into a groove like that, where once you, sure, this stretch maybe has not been impressive. I've seen people that say, well, you know, you've played mostly against mid-table teams. That's not impressive. But the fact that that you are able to keep that up, that you you learn to you learn to to face your own limits. The fact that they play like crap, and then they go back into the locker room, they probably get yelled at by Mourinho. They go out there, they make some changes, and they're able to find solutions to find different dynamics. You you put the uh, elder Shomur of the you put. Uh, Felix. The other time you put what Bove, you put uh, uh, all kinds of players that maybe are not necessarily in, in, in on a, in, included in rotations on a regular basis, but you're able to find solutions. The fact that you're able to uh, rally around and find solutions when in difficulty, not perhaps even because of the opponent, because I don't even think that Udinese were that impressive, but because you put yourself in that situation. The fact that this team has shown an inclination in uh, being able to address that situation, being able to dig themselves out of uh, a hole, uh, even partially by, for example, again, just getting uh, you know a draw out of it, um, which, as you said, in other times would have resulted always in a loss to keep that up, to even get a, 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 a draw there helps you. you. You see that team react to that penalty yesterday. Sure. They, you know, they, they try to not celebrate, but you could still see a relief, a relief. And the fact that, Oh, we can still do it. It's still possible. So it's not, this is not a this is not a fluke. This is because we've been doing it uh, for the last eight games. So 
the, the, the definite step is not to put yourself in that position in the first place, right? That would be really the, the, the optimal thing. That would be excellent. That would be, you know, Mardi Gras. Um, unfortunately, this Roma team will keep doing it. We'll, they will keep putting themselves in these situations. But the fact that now they're starting, I think, to build a certain awareness that, oh my goodness, we, we, can, uh, we, we actually can affect the outcome. It's not, it's not all doom and gloom after we go down by one goal in the first 15 minutes. It's not done. The fact that now we have that awareness is already, when you look at the last three, four years, is already a, a sign of something positive. I'm just saying, as you said, if, if there is something to hang on to, to cling on to, if you're a fan that is trying desperately to remain positive, that is something that you want to look at. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I'm about to publish, it, just because I, I think a lot of this has to do with the mentality point of view. I'm about to publish uh, an article that I, that I wrote on uh, Patricio compared to Paulo Lopez, and I was digging into some of the some of the data in his two seasons. Okay. Roma. I want you to guess how many clean sheets Paulo Lopez had, unless you already know the answer, at which point. No, I don't. I don't. I am. Do you want me to? Okay. Uh, Just guess. In, in 77 games, I think he played for Roma. Well, uh, I, uh, 53 in the league. Well, okay. I, I only did league, but okay. Do, do in total. League. Okay, fine. No, no, no. League, league is fine. Uh, I would have to say uh, eight. I am surprised that you were that close. It was nine. <laughs> okay. Wow. Uh, wow. So earlier this month, Patricio, okay, he, he earned his ninth clean sheet of the season. Obviously, now he's at 11. So he has 11 clean sheets in 29 league appearances this season. Paulo Lopez, nine clean sheets in 53 league appearances. Wow. I, yeah. I, I didn't know whether to weep. I was close to calling uh, the, the police. The because paramedic. that yeah. felt like yeah. I, somebody assaulted me from the back of my knee when I read that because my the I lost feeling in my lower extremities. So, <laughs> I, listen, that can be chalked up to things that go far beyond just Paulo Lopez. But I think that if if we see yesterday, okay, here's my sort of outlook on Patricio because listen there were some and we talked about it on here initially there were some really fantastic uh takes on when Roma acquired him because let's be honest right from yesterday he is the only defining quality that we're taking some sense of positivity from yesterday yeah yesterday sure 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 man of the match yeah for sure the gold standard for me like when I'm uh, for my judgments of a goalkeeper performance the gold standard for me remains and will always remain probably Alisson against Atletico Madrid. I, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. That yesterday was not that. However, it wasn't so many notches below it, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And oh, that yeah. match is three or four to zero to Udinese without Rui Patricio between 
the sticks. I'm sorry, it is. And by the way, this just goes to show you, I love expected goals. I love deep, the deeper data. I love analytics. But I would have thought that Udinese, their XG was like three or four yesterday. They had it's their, less than one. It was it, it was lower than 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 Roma. Roma was like one point two. So I'm because glad of the penalty, probably. Well, right, right. Usually that's worth half of a point. But that just goes to show you. I, I'm so glad there's individuals far smarter than myself who are in charge of doing uh, the, the the deeper analyzation or analysis of things like that but i just i just remember so vividly how bad some of the opinions were when roma got him and in yeah, fairness, Mir- mirante 2.0 i, I remember <laughs> yeah mirante 2.0 i mean there were some really really bad and just really really horrible takes i, I mean horrible we can find so many of them I mean, this guy, and and by the way, you hear nobody now talking of the fee because that seemed to be really the sticking point of it all, that, wow, you're paying, what, $12 million for a guy who's going to be 34 in just a few months. Okay, great, but uh, do you want to know the fees in total that Roma paid to try and replace Alisson? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. 32.5, and that is without bonus. Um, yeah. It's really more so like 35, 36, because uh, Monchi decided to give uh, Setenkaya, who's his, his are we, pal. But are we, are, we're including uh, Olsen and Lopez, right? So that is Olsen, Mirante, they Lopez. didn't pay anything for. And yeah. I put Fusato in there. Now, in fairness, okay. he, he, they spent money on him, but it was only, uh, uh, I believe, half of a million. Um, okay. Yeah. Paulo pa- pa- Lopez... Robin Olsen, they're the, they're, yeah. they're the guilty parties in this discussion. But yep. when you consider that the base fee that they got for Alisson, which there was bonus on top of that, which they attained, so that doesn't matter. But the base fee, okay, was 62.5 million euros. So you spent half of that, more than half of that, in Paulo Lopez, uh, Fusato, and Robin Olsen. That is depressing. And then if you want to add on top of it, okay, Patricio, we're up to roughly 45, 50 million. That is depressing that it took that much, Mm -hmm. that long. And what is it? It's 2022. It took over three years to find somebody. I'm not even saying, Andy, he is world-class. I am saying he this season, at least in my opinion, I think he's been top three to four in the league. Yeah, well, I think that statistically he's he's one of the one of the best. Yeah, league. well, well I, I, people love to go off clean sheets, but uh, I mean, Handanovic, all you here are uh, no, no, but, but exactly, I mean, complaining of him. I, I, I think I think that's that's really Inter's weakness this season. Exactly, it, exactly. It, it has been in the past, but this season they don't have the attack. To compensate for for Handanovic, so um, but but yeah, finally we have a, a goalkeeper that that doesn't make you weaker, that doesn't take away points from you. Sure, Patricio hasn't been perfect. There have been mistakes in some games, but for the most part, this is a goalkeeper that is always ready. That will will rarely uh, come out sluggish. That will always look sharp. That will always be there when you need him, 
especially when you consider um, how you know how this team again has these ups and downs and mental lapses, and the defense go from look, goes from looking brilliant to not non-existent. And he's always been there. And against Udinese, I mean, there there is there is one of the, I think the in the second half or Udinese had this brilliant shot. I just thought even the shot itself was brilliant on a, on a really tight angle, and and you really have to wonder how how he manages to 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 get a hand on that. Um, but that's that's the that that's what you're looking for for a goalkeeper. You're not looking for world class. You're just looking for a goalkeeper that provides with a sense of security. Yeah, for sure. And beyond that too, I think the mentality part. I mean, Patricio. Uh, oh, for sure. Pitch, yeah. Uh, obviously, he's older, but uh, I mean, it's not as if Paulo Lopez was uh, some some twenty year old that that wasn't playing high level uh, football previously. I think the mentality is the biggest thing of it. You know, we see Paulo Lopez uh, b- b- pairing the ball into his own net in a derby. We see him, I mean, just making comical passes. He melted down in the face of the pressure, whereas it seems like uh, Patricio uh, thrives off of it. For me, that's the, that is really the key difference. I mean, it was no different than Olsen. I, remember, I, I mean, I, I think it was Genoa, but I'll never forget where it was a shot and it took two bounces and still it made its way underneath this, in, in between this guy's legs. Yeah. That's, and you just, yeah. you just think to yourself, how is that possible for, Right, that to happen so consistently, and then you have got you know, not really much of his fault, but you know, forty-nine-year-old Antonio Mirante, I mean, taking five steps off of his line, and Luis Muriel just dribbling around him as if uh, he was a, a lawn gnome or something without good any <laughs> without any yeah, sort of pressure. Times. Yeah, I, I mean, I I guess it's baffling to me that it took this long. A and B, it more so just bothered me because I, I got into it with some imbecile on Twitter, which is always great. It always happens. I, you know, I, I, I forget what I tweeted. It was basically like, thank God for, you know, uh, Rui Patricio. And he goes, oh my gosh, how can you say that after such a shit match? And I'm like, well, I mean, without him, it's probably three to nothing. It's probably I mean, worse. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I didn't really think, I, I don't really know how praising Patricio correlates, but okay. I guess I'm just surprised that even at the time, people were still questioning his arrival and you don't really hear anybody questioning it now, I guess. And I, I guess it's just surprising to me because no, yeah. he has been so steady and I feel like he's yeah. been very under discussed this season. I, I, but I that's, know. that's the point. That's the point is that in, in, in a team where you can't really take anybody, uh, most of the players, you can't take, you, 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 you can't take them for granted. We take Rui Patricio for granted. Now we are, we don't even felt, we don't feel compelled to, to, to be praising him because He's really putting in the work. He's one of the few players, as I said, along with Smalling and Mkhitaryan. Those are three players that I I can't really fault for anything major in, in you know in 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 the last few months. There are I think all three of them have been steady, have 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 managed to find a way to 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 be available, to be at Mourinho's disposal, and to bring a sense of experience and, and veteranship. And help steady this team 
when 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 the team needed it the most. And the, I think those are three players that are always there, and we don't praise them too much because because they're just because they're just doing their job really really well um, compared to others who have ups and downs. And uh, and a guy like Rui Patricio, uh, you can clearly sense that he's from a different. You know, he's from a different place compared to others. He's he's there. He won't complain. He won't, you know, the he sees the ball go in the back of the net. He'll be ready next time around. That's what I was saying when we missed Alisson. With Alisson, obviously you have a different type of goalkeeper altogether. But but the thing that put Alisson above anyone else was the fact that even when the ball went into the back of the net, he didn't, you know, he didn't get depressed. He, he got back up and he was ready to go and he'd make uh, an incredible save right after. So, um, you know, at, at least we have that. And a team, as I said, that is far from steady, to have a steady goalkeeper is a privilege. Yeah, for sure. And, and to beyond that, again, I, it's not as if we ever expected somebody to come in here and replace Alisson like for like. That was never going to happen. We were just looking for someone steady, someone who could, you know, prevent the ship. We're not asking you to uh, steer the ship perfectly. We're just asking you not to run directly into the iceberg. Correct. All right. So very quickly before we go, last night was crap. There's no need to get into it any further. It is what it is. Whatever. Thursday. Do they make it interesting? This should be very straightforward, but I learned my lesson yesterday. I'm not... (laughs) I'm not even going to allow myself to think positive. Right. But just on on paper, which Roma have defied time and time again uh, throughout the seasons, it, it's, I, I mean, they're in uncharted territory when it comes to defying odds one way or the other, both positive and negative. This should be straightforward and there should be it no should. problem. Yes, right. Yes, 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 yes. It has to, uh, Thursday has to be business as usual. I think it, it, this is going to be more business as usual than the Udinese game. I think it all, it all, it's always uh, tough to, to go from uh, Conference League to, to Serie A or any other European competition. It's just the, the dimension is different. To, um, you, you're, you're suddenly shifting priorities. You go from wanting to win the Conference League to trying to, to stay behind the likes of Inter, Milan, Napoli, Juve, and so on. Um, whereas this time around, you go from League to Conference League and it should you're playing at home against a lesser opponent, it has to be business as usual, especially because the showing at, at, at Vitesse wasn't great. Um, you were playing on a potato field, but this time around, it's at home, ahead of the derby. You have to show up. Everybody needs to. And uh, I, I do think the attitude will be different, especially considering that what, what's going what's gonna to happen uh, in the weekend with the derby. I do believe that the, the the team will 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 come out there with a more matter of fact attitude, you know. To to uh, let's let's get it over with and and proceed to 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 what really interests us, which is the derby. I think so too. I think it's going to be very straightforward, unlike yesterday evening. But um, you always have to be somewhat cautious. But I, I think they should have no issues. 
Okay, that is um, that's where we're going to leave it. We'll be back after Thursday. Hopefully, they do not make this any more difficult than what it needs to be. Should be very straightforward, as we both said. But again, it's Roma. You never know. So we will chat with you later in the week. Until then, ciao. Ciao. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.